Board Game Dojo's quick hit series where we cover a short topic in about 15 minutes. With the holiday season upon us, you might be visiting some family or have some family visiting you, so we thought it might be good to give you some of our recommendations for great games to play with the family. From narrative to silly, games to drink some mulled wine with, to games that require serious concentration, we hope our list will help you in your adventure to bring some fun into the holidays. To start off with, let's go with the most recent addition to the list, So Clover. I think everyone has played at least some rendition of a word game, so word games I find are one of the easiest games to get people to play. So Clover is one of those games that is nearly impossible to explain to you via words, but I'll do my best. Every player has a four-leaf clover in front of them, and this four-leaf clover has spots for four word cards. You'll put these words on your board, and what will appear is two words for each leaf. You need to write a clue on each leaf that can be used to associate those two words. You'll then take the word cards off of the clover, draw a fifth word card, shuffle them up, and the others need to guess which four word cards you had and where they were on the board. I would look at pictures online of this. This isn't very hard to explain once you have the stuff in front of you, but explaining it in an audio medium is difficult. This game is awesome because the rules explanation is short, the game doesn't last very long, and it gets everyone working together in a way that you are trying to figure out how each other think. And that could include inside jokes, funny stories, and of course, some clever clues. Again, I think there's something safe in introducing games that are somewhat familiar, especially to people who might not be as comfortable trying something overly complicated during the holidays. Yahtzee is a game that many families have played, and so our next game is King of Tokyo, a game that uses the familiar Yahtzee mechanic of rolling dice, keeping some, and re-rolling others. But this one does it in a sort of battle Yahtzee style where players will be rolling damage dice to take control of Tokyo, energy bolts to buy power-ups to become more powerful monsters, and of course, points, points, points. There are two ways to win this game, by being the first to 20 points, or by being the last monster standing. I've had terrific luck with this one with kids, as they love the idea of becoming a monster and just brawling each other with dice. I mean on the fort, not physically assaulting each other with dice. You'll need to ensure a bit of a silly environment to play this in, as a lot of the game is literally attacking each other, so you don't want moods to get ruined. But if you have the right people to play, I think it's a great game to play with your family. I think dexterity games work really well, as any previous listener to the podcast will know. We often recommend dexterity games for a couple reasons, one of which being how good it is for people of all ages. Everyone can do something cool, and they tend to balance out different skill and experience level. Get it? Haha, <laughs> balance? We've talked before about Crash Octopus and Yoda Yoda Penguin, so we'll give you two different ones. The first one is Junk Art. I think it's been a bit forgotten about as other great-looking dexterity games have come out, like Men at Work and Meeple Circus, both of which are also really great. But I like Junk Art for its sheer simplicity. There are many variants in the box of ways to play the game, and they're named after cities so it's like you're doing a world tour of block building. The reason I also really like this one over some of the others for playing with the family you might see at the holidays is because this one includes big blocks as compared to some of the finer pieces in the others, making this one better for people with shakier hands like me. The second one is about flicking rather than stacking, Ice Cool. I think this is the preferred one when playing with kids. In high school, you'll be flicking these penguin figures around a school trying to gather fish, but one player is the hall monitor trying to catch the other penguins before they can get all of their fish. Everyone will get a turn being the hall monitor, so everyone will have chances to be the cat and the mouse. 
Another thing that's pretty cool about this one is how, and I don't know if it's the way the penguins are made or just that you'll need to do at least try to do them a couple of times. People seem much more able to accomplish awesome trick shots in this game, like jumping over a wall or bouncing off a wall and spinning through another doorway. And a game that promotes jaw-dropping moments is one that definitely gets a recommendation from us. Our next one requires a bit more rules explanation, but not much. And if your family likes hiking, this is almost a no-brainer. Our next recommendation is Parks. Parks is themed around traveling to the national parks, and you'll move down the path every season, gathering sun, rain, trees, and mountains to take national park cards that are worth points. You'll also get gear, canteens, and take pictures as you progress your hikers through the board in the four seasons. It is a great introduction to contract fulfillment, as it isn't too difficult and players want to get their hands on the lovely components anyways, including the wild tokens that are each a unique animal. This game includes absolutely gorgeous art, and my wife and I love just reading about the parks on every card. The rules are quick to teach, and the components are so lovely to play with that in addition to the great theme, it is a welcoming game for gamers and non-gamers alike. As a package, this is one of the first games I pull out when I want to show how far board games have come. next one is a category of game I never thought I'd recommend because it's caused so many fights in the history of my family. Trivia games. But sometimes a game comes along and makes you rethink your preconceptions. And for me, that game is Wits and Wagers. In Wits and Wagers, someone will read out the question, which will be some kind of number, and it'll usually be something that's ridiculously hard to guess exactly right. Like how deep the ocean is in feet, or in what year was pumpkin pie first baked. Then everyone will put out their guesses face up on a betting mat, and then everyone can bet on whose answer they think is the closest without going over. This means that even if you don't know anything, you can win by just knowing who would know the answer, or at least who is most likely to. It's been a great hit with my family who, and I'm being truthful, swore off trivia games as a family because the same people would win all the time. It was my dad and me, we, we were the ones who always won all the time. Wits and Wagers plays up to 20, and I really like playing this game in teams, but it's also just fun to play family member versus family member or teaming up with young ones. It's really inexpensive as well, so I think it's worth taking a gamble on. If even that's too many rules, I've got a game that takes maybe 30 seconds to explain, if that. It's a speed game all about trying to shout out a word before anyone else, and it's become a staple in my collection. Let me tell you a little bit about Anomia. Anomia is a card game in which each person has a stack of cards in front of them upside down. Each person will, one at a time, flip over the top card, and the card will have a symbol on it, like a star or a triangle, and a category word, like dog breed. People will continually flip over their cards until someone flips over a card that has the same symbol on it as someone else's card on the table. Then they have to scream out something that matches the other person's category. It is a hilarious exchange as everyone sits tense waiting for someone to flip over the matching symbol, then getting tongue-tied as they try to, in the moment, think of a serial or a TV show. Ah, why is this so hard? Anomia, the game, actually gets its name from a disturbance caused usually by brain damage in which a patient can't recall everyday words. And let me tell you, that's what happens during this game. It's a snappy game that is a lot of fun, really cheap, and because it's a deck of cards, is super easy to bring to any event. one I only recommend if you're going to be somewhere with a max of four people, because you will all be working together trying to solve puzzles, and the puzzles are too small to share with lots of people and just bundles things up anyway. Our next recommendation is just literally any of the escape room games. I myself prefer Exit here because they're just something magical the first time you show someone that you can rip up a card and it's part of the game. Unlock is also quite good though. In either of these they are one-shot puzzles that have you playing out an escape room. Unlock does it with cards and an app, 
while Exit is mostly just cards and the box and some scissors. It honestly does a great job recreating the fast-paced stress that are escape rooms, and they make for great cooperative adventures. For Exit, I recommend Dead Man on the Orient Express as my personal favorite, but if you've never done an escape room before, the abandoned cabin is a good one to start with. For Unlock, we liked heroic adventures and epic adventures, not necessarily in that order. They come with three puzzles, so if you're looking for a more economical choice, an Unlock is the one to get. But no matter which one you choose, you're going to have a great time. I'd be remiss not to mention the game that actually got the rest of my family into giving my modern board games a try, the trick-taking phenomenon The Crew. The Crew is a cooperative trick-taking game that you'll play by doing missions, which mostly includes making sure certain people win a certain card in a certain suit, or maybe keeping someone from winning a single trick the whole round. The problem is that you cannot communicate through words. You can only communicate once per round by putting a card from your hand on the table and putting this little chip on the top, middle, or bottom of that card. Top meaning it's the highest in the suit, middle being it's the only one of the suit, and bottom meaning lowest. Each player can only do this once per round, so you have to use it wisely. It makes for a great game that, because you're working together, winning and losing together, can get you to work together in a different way, but at the same time get frustrated with each other in a new way too. There are two versions of this game, and honestly you'll be fine with either. The first is space-themed, and the second is deep-sea-themed. Pick whichever one strikes your fancy, but do give it a try. Alright, our final game on this list, and remember this is just in a random order, so don't take the order to mean anything, our final game is a drawing game, because some families just like doing art together. And our pick for drawing game is Pictomania. In Pictomania, you will be drawing a picture on your little piece of paper, but you want to do it quickly, because when you're finished, you'll also be guessing what everyone else is drawing, and you get more points for correctly guessing other people's pictures faster than the others. So hurry up and draw, but also do a good enough job so the others can correctly guess your picture, because if people can't correctly guess your picture, then you lose points. But wait, you aren't getting points, you're still drawing, making sure your picture is nice and pretty, but everyone else is finished and are guessing, and ah! It's that kind of game. But it's really funny. It's definitely one of the more stressful drawing games, and I only mean that in a good way. I'm not a huge fan of drawing games myself, but this one I'll play because as the words get harder, the drawings get sillier, and some people think they're a realist painter, but they look more like a Picasso. If a stressful drawing game isn't your thing though, which I can understand, I'd point you towards Telestrations, which is a drawing game mixed with the game of telephone where one person will get a word, then the next person will have to draw that word, then the next person will write what they think that picture is, then the next person will draw that word that the person thought the picture was, and so on. It never fails to lighten the mood, and we don't even play with points at this point when we play it because the game turns into a presentation of just how much you all messed up. And that's going to do it for today's quick hits. This week we will be posting a new YouTube video that will be the first in a new series, so keep an eye out for that. And if you like the show, please rate us 5 stars and subscribe. It really helps people find the show that might be interested in stuff like this. Thanks so much. Until next time. Done it.